Hello, and welcome to episode seven of Podcast of Vito, a Big Brother podcast. I'm Brendan, and joining me are my brothers. Don't go into their rooms unless you are invited. Terrence. Hey, guys. And Owen. Hello, and welcome. If you don't already know, this is a Big Brother podcast releasing on Tuesdays and Fridays, where the three of us discuss, analyze, and recap every episode of Big Brother Season 20. No spoilers, no live streams, just the show. So let's not beat around the bush. Let's get into the recap segment of the show. Hashtag, but first. So what do we want to talk about, guys? Sunday's episode. Well, we got to start with the HOH competition since that's where we left off. Yes, sir. And it was the uh, the tilty wall one where mm-hmm. everyone's tilting forward. My absolute nightmare. I think th- I would just dread that and you would really just be trying to survive for a respectable amount of time. We earned our big brother chops back once Fessy dropped early because we all knew too big he wasn't going to be able to do it <laughs> we needed that because we've been really uh missing on a lot of our predictions yeah <laughs> good thing uh the second half of our episode is completely predicated upon predictions <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're um, really doubling down here so who who are the people that we thought performed well in this competition well going in we were saying we thought angela would do well we thought Tyler would do well because he always does well i thought rachel would do well you thought rachel would do well someone who i was thinking um Yesterday, I was thinking about it. How did we not say JC going in? Because historically, the people who are the most compact are mm-hmm. able to do really well. You think um, James uh, from a couple seasons ago? James won he it would, like, twice. Crouch. He, he won sure. it twice. So he, he would do that crouch. He do that crouch yeah. technique, which uh, if you have the knees for it, seems like the way to go. But one uh, thing Terrence does not. That, have. That's a thing I do not have. Terrence so. would have suffered this fate of Fessy, but probably minus like twenty four minutes. Oh, easily. I, I, I think I he was if, up there for like a half hour. Yeah, I don't know if you even need to be that generous with me. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought Angela would do better and Rachel, and they seem to fall kind of middle of the pack. Yeah. Or pack. You really <laughs> got to uh, give a shout out to, to your girl Casey here. I know. Finally, some dire room. She Woo! lasted a decent amount of time. So I was getting ready for my having my moment on the podcast here with Casey because I thought she was going to win the way they were interviewing her so much, and she's usually not in the diary room, and the fact that she lasted to the final three of the competition. But uh, I actually like that she chose not to win. I'm still standing by Casey. I think she could have won, but she conveniently dropped right after Caitlyn, and she was talking about Caitlyn a lot, so I think her plan was to just drop after Caitlyn. There was some strategery. Yeah, well, she's one of the few people who seems to understand just how much of a problem Caitlyn can be for your game and wait just long enough to make sure she didn't get affected by whatever that kook would do. Which makes sense because it seems like, I mean, obviously she's in level six, but she seems to be friends with Sam. And Sam seems to really have a problem with Caitlyn. We've seen Sam and Casey having pretty close conversations. She actually told her about her oh, power. Yeah. So Sam, Tyler, and Casey seems to be a bit of a trio there. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm staying on the Casey train. I, I think Casey is going to be someone that you should watch out for down the line. She seems to be in a really nice spot. And in talking to people who have been watching live feeds, um, they all seem to like her a lot without necessarily going into details with me. But they seem to have a very high opinion of her. There so seems there's to be, be something to it. absolutely nothing unlikable about her. There's yeah. just nothing exciting enough to make a live show. 
gameplay think, yet, at least. Like, yeah. game, gameplay-wise. I think she's pretty much the Fessy of the other side of the house. Fessy's just had to be more in the spotlight because of his connection to Caitlyn. Everyone, yeah, that's a good point. Everyone likes Fessy, and he competes well, and we like him in the diary room, but he is kind of... I mean, he sounds like he's reading off a teleprompter in the diary room. <laughs> he's struggling. I mean, everything is catching him off guard. I mean, what type of quote-unquote power alliance can go three weeks in a row and not have any idea how the votes landed but they, they never change a thing about their about their no. approach they just talk to each other and they convince each other yeah we're good <laughs> yeah. Like, basically every week after the eviction ceremony fessy blows up to someone in the uh the storage room <laughs> goes on like a rampage through the house there's entire alliance basically accusing everyone and saying he doesn't know what the hell's going on <laughs> to eventually just back to status quo faute it's like the guy in a horror movie who is just i know something's going on i don't know what's going on yeah. he's like freaking out until he finds out but he's still like getting naked in the pool like for no reason yeah, he still puts people. himself yeah. completely in harm's way <laughs> yeah back to the hoh competition though Sam started off early saying, oh, I don't know how long I'm going to last here, and then turned into a beast and won she, it. She turned a little bit scary to yeah. the end. A little reverse psychology. Maybe, Could but be. she was she was like talking legitimate trash to Caitlin. I'm surprised we didn't get a diary room about how offended she was about that. Uh, I'm sure there's some that weren't aired. Well, Caitlin had a lot to get offended by this week. So, yeah. <laughs> um, One of my favorite parts of that whole competition was rockstar just up there chanting her her kids names at first I, I i think one of you guys said it when we watched last episode it looks like she's up there chanting some sort of wiccan prayer well i was wondering if she was chanting like the names of like archangels or something like that <laughs> like, really she was just <laughs> doing her own little uh version of the mambo number five with aradia avalon and isaac so. <laughs> uh yeah. and then she dropped first <laughs> By the way, honey does not go great with that hair. No. Woo. Does not mix well with the pink, looks like, wrapping paper. <laughs> it made it look like the color in her hair was like falling out. Yeah. Ugh. Um, so, ultimately, Sam came out with the dub. What do we think? Owen, you were saying that she seemed like a Johnny Mac type, but here she is in control of the house. This gives me... Well, it, it was a very mixed episode for Sam overall, and we'll get to it, but... Her win here gives me some hope that she's, like, actually a player. I was kind of worried that she would just never really get into the swing of how the house works and then never put up much of a fight for anything, but well, she, she was a beast. Cold shower every day. <laughs> yeah, that's what led to that moment. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's a TED talk about that, so she must really buy into that type of thinking. Yeah, there is. there actually is something to the taking cold baths or something like that. It's supposed to, like make you like more successful Conquer your day <laughs> um but i i mean she clearly can compete in competitions she put up a good fight in the pov comp week one uh and she's hung around in most of the competitions that i can remember so yeah it's crazy that just because of the chance of that first competition she was immediately labeled as someone who is not a threat and can't that first competition was not chance though the one that she was in well what was she misspelling she was guest house yeah, <laughs> guest house, and it was anyone who knocked it over. It's like literally just take your time and put two letters up at a time. That's all you had to do. Okay, fair enough. But her robot punishment made everyone in the house think that she's not a threat. That's true. That was they miscast her. Yeah, and we're gonna talk about her more. But I still, I'm still a big Sam fan. 
Big Sam podcast. Yeah. Uh, so the big news from the eviction episode was Brett's accusation that Rockstar came to him before the vote and said that she was going to flip her vote and ultimately blame it all on Caitlin. We got to learn what actually happened with that whole scenario on today's episode. And there's a lot to unpack here. So basically, Brett did totally make it up like we thought. Yeah. Things ultimately played into Tyler's hands. So let's talk about what they did. Tyler really does have a horseshoe because I don't even think there was no real implication that Tyler told Brett to do this because we learned JC's a player. And JC and Tyler had a conversation about how they have to blame it on Caitlyn. But then somehow Brett ends up blaming it on Rockstar, which is turning around to getting JC to convince Fessy that it was actually Caitlyn. Like, For a I minute. don't know how any of this has happened, but it's worked in Tyler's favor. I think I think you're 100% right. I don't think he did ever tell Brett. I think Brett basically just got it in his head like, this is going to be my moment. I'm making a big move here. And it actually worked out not just for him, but also for Tyler and JC with their plan. Yeah, it seems like a total disconnect. But I just can't believe how, by virtue of sort of pseudo-aligning himself with Caitlin, who's like the most impressionable person in the world. Who, Tyler? Tyler. He just keeps looking into being on the right side of the fallout of each of these swing votes. I, I just can't believe we're this early in the season and we're having this type of drama. I can't remember one quite like this, to be honest with you. Revisionist history with uh, with uh, Brett's speech. He really should have just done Caitlyn because he could have thrown in, oh, she flipped week one and she's going to flip again. Yeah, that's a good point. I just keep going back to with Tyler. The I really think they just think he's a dumb surfer guy and like a, a nice, sweet guy. I don't know how they could think that anymore, though. Because they just don't seem to think anything else. He only is in the ears of a few people who have, for the most part, huge egos and don't realize that he's in their ears telling them what to do. And then everyone else just thinks, yeah, he's my friend and he's like a chill dude. I think one thing that works to his advantage is that Faute and Level 6 seem to have no interaction with each other. They seem to stay completely separate and never trade notes. It seems like it's usually like that. At least early. I think it's unusually like that. More, It's been more clicky than usual. I don't know if I agree with that. It seems like I, every year it's like, oh, apparently these people like have never spoken. Uh, it, 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 I mean, it, it's too too complex to just cast a, you know, paint with a broad brush on it. But it is surprising that this early, the game lines are completely defining the social lines. Yes. I don't think that always happens. There's always some cross-pollination. Someone like... Um, That's a great point. Paul last year, I mean, he was everywhere. He was involved with everybody. So even though underneath him there were lines forming, he was able to just sort of skate through and, and be involved with all of them to an extent. And I think Tyler is doing so in a less obvious and more... Um, like socially intelligent way. Can I say who the only other person who's done that is? Who? JC. JC's like best friends with Fessy. He's voted with level six throughout and he's in cahoots with Tyler. Yeah, he has done that. I, I guess it just hasn't at this point 
translated into any sort of leverage or power yet. Can I just make a point that has nothing to do with this conversation whatsoever and has to do with the HOH comp? Caitlin struggled quite a bit considering the fact that she's a New Yorker. God. <laughs> Remember she said in the last episode, oh, this rains nothing, guys. I'm a, I'm New, a New Yorker. Yorker. Which I thought she was a West Coast girl, so apparently she's just... I think it would have been more appropriate to say I'm from Seattle. She's bi-coastal. <laughs> <laughs> I had to bring that up. I, <laughs> oh, I totally forgot about that. Um, so where were we? We were talking about uh, JC's move. So what do we think? We need to kind of talk about JC. You know, Owen, you mentioned, I guess he's a player now. To an extent, anyway, this is the first real indication we've gotten that he's talked game at all. And really, it all centers around Fessy. The I don't know if the love parallelogram ever made an episode that aired, but like he's in on that with Fessy <laughs> and Caitlin and Haley. Yeah. And he really only wants to win over Fessy. So if it leads him to be a game player, I guess it works. Is, is this the first season in or not the first season ever is this when was the last time there was a season where there's no floaters uh like i don't know if jc's earned the no floater i, I still think he's a floater he yeah. made a game move there are seasons where floaters don't make a single game move i think i think back to someone like meg uh oh yeah uh james's friend there's always a floater or two who doesn't even remotely play the game then that's why they get nominated at some point where someone gives the speech along the lines of i don't think you've done a single thing in this game you haven't won a competition you haven't talked game to anyone you just kind of smoke cigarettes in the backyard and like are pretty easy to hang out with yeah at this point the only people who you could make an argument for that are well, you know what? I think we were giving a little bit of undue credit to Rockstar and Haley for a while just for being in Faute. Uh But really, they're playing a game more similar to Bailey and a game more similar to really JC until until this episode, I guess, for what you guys are thinking. I'm, I don't buy into that as much. I think that was... I don't buy into it as much. It was much kind either. of unintelligible. And Fessy, when he's heated, is almost as impressionable as Caitlyn. And I think he was playing into that. And that's a good thing. That's exactly what you're saying. That's playing the game. But I don't think it really translates into much. But he had a plan beforehand to do that. It wasn't True. just spur of the moment. Yeah, no, no you got to give him credit for playing. It's just I don't know what it ultimately amounts to. And it worked out for the most part because Fessy then ran immediately to Caitlin pretty much and did his whole accusation thing, accusing everyone in his alliance, but mainly Caitlin. And she was so heartbroken. She couldn't believe that, was that this moment. accusation would ever come towards her. That was such a great Big Brother moment with the then segueing into who wants to see my HOH room. Yeah. <laughs> they were killing it with the edits this episode. First, it was JC talking about how he's going to, you know, kill it this competition. He's going to last up there. False. And then what was the other one? They were talking. Rockstar was talking about how guys like Brett always went, and then he's just like, That's hot. <laughs> the and, most quotable guy. And I mean, what a better time to have the first HOH room introduction uh, segment, which we haven't had at all, and I think is generally a good thing because we get more gameplay. And stuff we out we of were it. saying last episode like we don't like that, but they did it in a good way. Well, but this was an interesting one to say exactly. the least. Um, I do. Are we. We got to talk about that, but Terrence, when you were just talking about the floaters, you may have convinced me that the only floater in the house is actually Bailey. 
I mean, she's kind of playing the game solo, but she is a floater. Yeah. I I don't think... I think her and JC are a very good comparison, actually, because they are loosely involved with a bigger alliance. She's loosely mm-hmm. involved with Faute. He's loosely involved with level six. They both have made stabs at doing things. A lot of friends. They seem to have a lot of friends. But at the end of the day, I don't think they end up with any sort of powerful relationships that could lead to anything meaningful game-wise. And even though they're going to make little power plays along the way and they're going to say their piece and they're going to make themselves heard, they ultimately don't have a big impact on the game as a whole. I just think they have a better shot and a better standing than most floaters in other seasons. If they were ever to make it to Final Two, they would actually be able to point to things they did. Um, One thing I want to make sure we touch on before we get into Sam's HOH room, Um, Caitlin and Tyler's conversation right after. I thought this was super interesting. Now, Tyler handled this as well as he could, but that was while being... um, heated about the way Caitlyn approached him. So Caitlyn, as always, is super aggressive. And she comes up to him right after, swear on your dad's grave that you didn't, you're not the vote. You didn't do this. Which you don't do to a friend, someone you supposedly and, trust. Yeah, and he answered, um, I would never, or or never, never do that? It, no, he I, said, I would never do that, never ask me that again. So it was perfect because... He could have been answering to I would never have flipped and said that same thing or to swear on your father's grave. Now, he's really smart. Yeah, it, it was the perfect answer because it put her right off because I don't know if she picked up on he's not having this or if she was just satisfied with that answer. She was immediately worried that like she offended him, so then just backed off. Yeah, and do we know if did Tyler lose his dad? Because the way Caitlin talks... She says, like, on someone's grave, almost as if, like, in the event that they die. Or am I picking up... I, I feel like I've heard her say that in another context before. I thought that, too, and but I don't know if his father died or not. I just think it's, like, kind of an offensive thing. Yet she swore on her grandparents' lives, yet we know that Grandpa Lou is no longer with well, us. Except in kind of, pigeon yeah. form. <laughs> well, what's interesting about that is she said on their lives, he's not there. On the grave, I mean, does that mean that... I mean, it doesn't matter, but just the way she approaches those things is so insensitive and so um, just crude. Guys, If I agree, Terrence, but if either of you ever go on Big Brother, I give you permission to swear on my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> How could you on my daughter's birthday? I, so that was a... Um, where like, I don't know if I was like looking down at my computer or whatever, but kind of a disconnect moment where I was like, man, I didn't know swearing on your kid's birthday was a thing, but I didn't realize it was one of her kid's birthday. I mean, Aradia. Well, well, yeah, I mean, as long as you went by the little, uh, what, what do they call that? The wall where you can write the things in it? Like it impression. Said, birthday Aradia. I have no idea what you call that, but they seem to be having a blast with it. Yeah. She named all her kids like it's from like a science fiction or fantasy novel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, I I agree. I think Tyler played that perfectly, and he also kind of like freaked Caitlin out a little bit by going at her, like saying, "Don't ever say that to me again." She Even like, though it was a little bit later in the episode, I think we should just touch on now Caitlin's discovery, her her next hit that she got. About this. Can I just say I think Tyler hates Caitlin? Oh, I think oh, so too. He's, he's- Playing it off well because she still trusts him more than anything. She she won't even 
contemplate the idea that he was the one behind the vote. She comes up with the player that Owen's about to talk about instead of just going with if there's ever a problem, the easiest answer is like it's probably the most simple one. It's right, right? in front of your eyes. Yeah, the quickest point or uh, way between two points is a straight line. Yeah. Okay, Owen. So Caitlin put two and two together and got four, <laughs> which is Sam's power is flipping two votes. Easy. Two and two <laughs> got four, but actually got seven. Yeah. It was kind of like uh, our, our fraction debacle a few episodes ago. <laughs> yeah. And she, she got four thirds. She got super hyped and went to Tyler and told him this. And he said, you're a mastermind. What I think did you say? Quote a expletive. Tyler's the genius. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, incredible. This woman will believe anything. I know, especially if it's you know to make her feel better about herself. Well, I've noticed with her, it seems like if you just validate that her like perceived powers are actually powers, and that she is got <laughs> that she's like mentally <laughs> possessed of the sight or whatever. Well, and that her predictions are probably correct. That's all you need to do, and you, I mean, you've got her like in your hand, basically. Because every time, uh, we've seen this happen multiple times, and every time she gets this like real smug look and just is in the diary room, like I can't believe I figured this out. You know, everyone believe me, and like I'm so smart. And then they do that every <laughs> time she gets that look on her face. It's like the Mr. Krabs meme. <laughs> yeah. she's just like, whoa! I need to tell someone about this. She has an out of body experience. Yeah. And one of the one of my favorite Big Brother like things that happens is when someone like gestures to the camera, not like in the diary room, but when they're actually with Caitlin right behind him, he just gives the thumbs up and like, yeah, bro. <laughs> that was perfect. I've always wondered about when people like clearly are playing to the cameras. Like, what does that say about your ego? Did you see earlier in the episode, right after the eviction, when Caitlin was? looking up at the camera in the living room while the rockstar thing's going on like oh my god what is happening mouthing that mouthing that <laughs> I live think, tweeting i think if you're in there you have to play to the cameras i think it would, I agree. It would be the one of the only ways to amuse yourself i totally agree swaggy had his uh swaggy c vlogs oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess you're right maybe we would all go a little bit nuts in there <laughs> um but just another example of tyler basically having things fall into his lap she did all the, the work horseshoe. for him uh, that's the main example of it. Somehow she had this ridiculous discovery that played right into his hands. Tyler is that guy you know that is just naturally good at everything he does, and it's infuriating. Yeah. Not they, TKO. Not well. Did, how do you do on that? Do we know third place. Ugh, bummer. I don't know what that says about his prospects going forward. <laughs> All right, let's get back on track. Sam laid down the mfing law in the hoh room but as we know she is quote a fucking animal <laughs> that was crazy i can't believe how she just totally turned the hoh competition into an intimidation tactic and then with her hoh room it was more than just a funny gag she turned into like communist sam <laughs> saying don't talk to me about game i know what i want to do don't come up here if I'm not up here and you're not allowed in my room. Well, I thought she was going to do something sweet and like kind of emotional at first. Wow, like what what a total shift. Uh, I don't I don't remember I can't remember any seasons in the past where someone's 
used a tactic like this. So I'm kind of interested to see how it plays out. I can't remember it ever being so explicit. I think the only things that have ever happened in the past are, okay, well, we obviously don't like each other. You're not going to be up here this week. Mm. But that's never said. It's just understood. Although I guess I can't really make that statement when we don't usually see this moment. At least in the last few seasons, yeah. This is like when a musical artist does something really different, like a future doing his weird singing in King's Dead where you think, oh, (laughs) this is interesting. I wonder if (laughs) this will work out. No, it's not going to work out. Oh, no, it worked out for me. This is, for me. <laughs> this is not going to work out. It's blatantly a bad move to just antagonize people for no reason. Well, I like the future verse, and I liked what Sam did. To Your each their own. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, Mo- by the way, I would have a real issue with not being a lot up there because she's got the purple Dorito bag. Ooh. And those are the best snack on the planet. I love the purple. So maybe she would be smart enough having me out there because I think I'd probably eat all of her snacks. I would do that to every HOH, and they'd hate me. Oh, yeah. I'd eat every single snack. Worse, real issue. We're all snack hogs, so I would just have to stay away because it would get me evicted quick, quick in a hurry. Moving on to Rockstar's, I mean, blatantly, I mean, copyright infringement blow up on Brett, where she mimicked the, um, the Josh yeah. pan. Well, we saw Rockstar's drumming skills, really. Yeah. She paraded around the house, banging on pots and pans and rocks, yelling about, singing about how Brett's her best friend. He has a micro penis. <laughs> True. He is her baby daddy and some sort of other incomprehensible stuff. And then she like fell into his arms while he was clapping like a, one of those, uh, like wind up monkeys uh, with yeah. the symbol. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just going to come right on and say that I think this is a dumb move that she thought was going to make like Brett look like an idiot, but just made her look like an idiot. And Brett played into it or played it perfectly by just kind of not reacting and being pretty like open about the fact that he thought she was making a fool of herself. She just looks like a clown. And she said at one point to Brett, like, oh, I wonder what your parents think. And he was just like, yeah, you're really setting a great example for your kids. And it's like, he won that one. Yeah, he won that interaction. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think uh, his parents are going to think much of anything because he kind of hasn't done anything too crazy to embarrass himself just yet. I, I just love... I mean, he's just such a quote machine, but he's also a, like, gif machine because that clapping <laughs> was really funny. I don't know why. Um, this really hurts our take that, like, Rockstar is somewhat of a power player. Well, did we call her a power player or did we just think that well, she had a funny week, like a good week in terms of airtime? I think we thought that she was pretty perceptive and seemed to be playing the game and somewhat of a leader on the Faute side. And if I True. recall, we gave her the MVP, and that's another, like, hurts our clout as Big Brother people. We've been struggling. Well, you know, it, the whole idea behind the power rankings is, is, is that it's a week-by-week thing and we're not projecting out, so I think... The MVP can maybe have a, a similar caveat to it. The the MVP, I, I really think it should be who was kind of like the most entertaining of the week. Yeah. Well, it could be a combination. If it's an episode that's clearly predicated upon the competitions and who's playing the game, then maybe it just falls into who the power players are. But sometimes these Sunday episodes, there's not a lot to go off of, and you just get into the the crazy uh, conversations about uh, like Fessy and 
JC at the pool and uh, he calls <laughs> JC a dumbass, like and stuff like that. Like, that's often what we're talking about on the Sunday episode. Yatus. Exactly. So the last real portion, not not really the last portion because we still have to talk about nominations, but they did a kind of a shift this episode and they had this whole discussion between JC and Bailey on derogatory terms that could be used towards each other and when they're allowed to be used, all that. I don't think we really need to touch on it, but it's good that the show did because they have these controversies almost every year and they never usually touch on it. So it's good that they did something this year. Yeah, it's usually just like a CBS.com post. So yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, totally agree. When Julie mentioned it on Thursday, I was wondering, and and we were worried that it was going to be other people attacking, and it turned into well, ultimately was probably a fruitful discussion after some misunderstandings. But so let's shift to nominations then. Yeah. So Sam had her mind made up from the beginning, and. Uh, I was predicting that it would be Haley and Caitlin, and it ultimately ended up being Haley and Kate- Caitlin, but not necessarily for the reasons that I would have guessed. No. I assume that she just didn't like Caitlin for pretty obvious reasons. Caitlin's not a very likable person. She's mm-hmm. very aggressive. Sam does not seem to be a very aggressive person unless she's backed against a wall. <laughs> <laughs> or Literally. unless she has a room. <laughs> um, but she came right out and said that she thought that they well, there was more to it than just the comment she made about Haley and Caitlin basically leading on the young men in the house and uh, being the opposite of female empowerment. But there was she something said else. basically that they're femme fatales. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, she did. Uh, Little does she know that her friends at home think she's a femme fatale. Well, so what's interesting about it is they the, what the Mushi ended up making kind of aligned with what she we thought she was going to do game wise. I think. I thought that maybe Rockstar instead of Haley, but it kind of would have been the same principle and same idea. Um, but I, I don't even know what to say about it. I, I mean, yes, it, the way Caitlyn is playing her game, it has been attached to Fessy and attached to Tyler and Haley's sort of in that group. But we don't watch the live feeds enough and have that at much all. Of, yeah. We don't do it at all. I watched a little bit. Terrence does. Um, we, I mean, I so I can't really, we can't really comment on what's always going on, but I don't know. I, I thought it was a little bit aggressive on Sam's mm-hmm. part and kind of unnecessary to make that your Very. line in the sand. Why does she have to get so much blood on her hand in a week where her target might not even yes stay out of the house? Yes, I don't. Yeah, I agree. I comments later, and uh, I think ultimately her goal with these nominations and knowing that they have a chance to win back. She decided, I'm going to get someone I actually don't like out of the house, and I don't think they could win their way back. Yeah. I mean, I think getting Caitlyn out would be an interesting game move, but... Oh, great. This move, even though Caitlyn would be a good game move, I think from her standpoint, it's all personal. Yeah, I agree. All right, so that wraps up hashtag butt first. Let's get into our rebranded segment, Whose house is it anyway? This is basically taking the place of power rankings. Our weekly sun or Tuesday episode segment where we do a pretty reactionary um ranking of the top four 
house guests. Yeah, at the moment. This is basically like when a cereal changes like how its box is designed. It's like same great taste. It's just power rankings with the new name. This is basically like when tricks went from looking cool and like little mini fruit to just colorful balls. <laughs> that was a sad day. <laughs> Let's hope this is a little better. So I'll get started with my, my number four, uh, Angela. So we wondered for weeks and it's finally clear level six or level five whatever they are now is in charge of the house they are clearly in control uh and we get back to those first that first episode where it's pretty clear that angela could compete i don't know how well she can compete but she seems to be around and is biding her time and even though not all of us got good vibes from her at first I think she has an okay standing in the house, and yeah. since Swaggy C's gone, no one's really targeting her. So by virtue of being on the right side of the house, I think she can win competitions when needed, and it's just another week where she's not going to be targeted. I, I say she has a pretty good hold in this house. Okay, I like that. My number four, really number four could have gone to almost anyone. Uh, I think the top three are the heavy favorites but i gave it to scotty because we're just coming off his hoh week he did most things right and he's not even remotely looked at as a target this week that's a great point i didn't really think about scotty this week i went with brett at number four because kind of first i mean not similar reasons but he caused all this drama and none of the backlash of the drama was directed at him pretty much so I think that he's actually kind of in the driver's seat a little bit in this case. And, you know, I always kind of come back to people who seem like they can compete in competitions. And it seems like he can, except when he loses track of time. Um, so four for me is usually kind of my dark horse. And I'm sure. I'm comfortable with putting Brett there this week. Yeah. Uh, one comment on yours, Owen, with Scotty. Uh, I think he, he is doing all right. But did he have to? Do you have to hug every contestant when they finish? Because that what was is, awkward. What is the upside of hugging a rock star covered in honey? He hugs <laughs> like shoulders too. It looks very uncomfortable. Oh man! At, at some point, it's just like, hey, good job. I I don't have honey on me. I think I'd rather stay that way. <laughs> well, anyway, but I am gonna go with Brett at number three. Actually, um, very similar reasoning to what you said. Uh, he. Is, looks like at least this week gonna make it out alive after causing some havoc and getting off the block last week. Uh, San Sudsbuds. Yeah, maybe he'll be a stronger player that way. That's I, a good point. I, and I honestly think he might be because he was just so focused on you know his pecs or whatever. But I think he's gonna be a competition threat down the line. And I don't know if this is just there's not we haven't seen enough to make this this judgment but i'm getting vibes that he is kind of in a leadership position in level six tyler is the quiet leader but i think he's like the maybe the leader that other people are looking to and and he's been kind of assigned that role and aside from well not so much anymore but it seems like people throughout the house like him obviously not yeah. everyone because of what happened with rockstar and Haley and stuff like that but it does seem like a lot of people buy into his charm yeah and ultimately guys like him always win so that's there's something to that <laughs> i'm gonna leave my brett comments until later hint hint hmm. but my number three is sam really it's obvious she's hoh hoh always makes this top four and she won it in a beastly way which was good and then 
ruled with an iron fist in a beastly way, which is bad. So three seems to be the right spot for me here. But she's in control. She knows exactly what's going to happen this week with the bonus life. She has a lot of power to work with right now. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. So with my number three, I went with three people. (laughs) I don't know how I feel about this. (laughs) Well, just hear me out. So these three people, I think, stand at the exact same position. They are tied right now in the house, but are potentially powerful players. I have Angela, Rachel, and Casey tied for number three. All three of them have not seemed to ruffle any feathers in the house. All three of them have shown that they can compete in competitions. Uh, Angela won a competition in the beginning. Rachel uh, won. Did she? She won a competition, right? No, uh, she just or pr- second one, at least once, maybe twice. Yeah, she just proved she's competent. Basically. Yeah, she she's had a lot of statement losses, and Casey <laughs> had a you know had a pretty much like a moral victory today with yeah. uh, staying up there. Probably she probably could have won, but choosing to drop because she knew she wasn't going to get put up by Sam. Good showing, and we know. That she's a legit athlete. Mm-hmm. So I think all three of them are in a really good spot. And it's going to be interesting to see who pulls ahead in the pole position here between the three of them because they're all on the same side. I think I could see the three of them, or at least Angela and Rachel, maybe having like some sort of final two. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think they're powerful players who have the chance to go far. I can't see wait to see which of them ends up sort of taking pole position and ends up being the one that is the most powerful player. But if you think about some of the things that we've talked about in terms of how you have success in this game, you lay low for the first few weeks. They've done that. And mm-hmm. let's see when it gets to you know final eight or whatever, who's going to take the next step. My prediction for at least the two is Rachel, are Rachel and Casey. Angela doesn't seem like she, I just don't know if she wants to like make a big move. Whereas it seems I, you know, Casey through her diary room, interviews today seemed like she was ready to make a move if she needed to and rachel has made comments comments in the diary room about how she wants to sort of show the house that she's there to play of that three two uh angelo's the one that the first shot would be taken at mm-hmm. so yeah he's a little more vulnerable i think i would agree with that all right so my next one is sam uh i'm always probably going to have the hoh pretty high in here um, well, I ultimately do not agree with the way she's gone about doing some of it. She is the HOH. She knows what is going to be happening with the power. And even though it's going to affect the, it's going to, it's going to affect, I guess the effectiveness of her HOH, <laughs> she can set that up and, and know that, you know, she can put whoever she really wants there. And, she did the same thing as Scotty, I think, where she put up her two targets. She's not trying to do a backdoor, but and and that ended up being a good move for Scotty. So there's a lot of power in that, I'd say. And if there ever was, so I also have Sam too. So I'm just gonna kind of like piggyback yeah. on what you're saying instead of like saying it later. If there ever was a season to take this really aggressive. Um, in your face approach to HOH, it'd be this season because it seems like no one holds grudges past eviction night it seems like people get evicted and then it's just like actually my targets b or is e 
like none of the above <laughs> they they all have really weird memories this season right it's it's never like oh i just want to put this person up because they put me up well i do agree that it is a season to do that because it just keeps happening where these there's these aggressive hohs if you think about who has had the most effective hoh probably it was tyler and it was the least aggressive that caitlin true. has had enemies since that day and will continue to have enemies i think scotty should be worried about brett and I think Sam will have things to worry about after this week. Yeah, that's a good point. But that's why we got her too. Fair. My number two, I'm changing it up on you guys. I'm going with Tyler at number two. Owen's just trying to affect the ratings. I want I want it to be clear, Tyler still has the best record in the house, but it's like when Golden State goes on a time, like a two week period where they're just getting like one point victories, like they're just trying to to get by. He's not. He's playing defensively right now. Does that happen with Golden State? <laughs> well, it, no, it does a little bit. And I, I think sort of building on that analogy, it's kind of like when in the middle of the season they're just like trying stuff because to this point everything's worked, so why wouldn't this work? And he's getting away with it. Exactly. He's still probably technically, almost definitely technically has the most power. I just think someone rose above to be a little more exciting over the past week. And... There's no real fault with this game. He keeps getting into sticky situations and getting out of them immediately. And this week on Podcast of Vito, does someone get unseated from whose house is it anyway? Owen's just trying to shift the needle here. Yeah, because I think it's pretty clear who you and I have. Yeah, so uh, do you mind if I start by talking about Tyler? Do you you have your two? You didn't do your two, did you? My two is Sam. Yeah. Oh, Terrence and I are... We're lined up. Yeah, we're cohesive here. So I still have Tyler at number one because in Big Brother, it doesn't matter if you only win by one point as long as you do win by one point. And I don't think it will affect him that he's... I mean, the fact that like he scraped by the skin of his teeth is just gravy, basically. And he clearly has a really strong awareness for the house and has allegiances on every side of the house he has smaller alliances he has his big alliance he has friendships um and he just seems to really know what he needs to do at every moment and i just can't take that away from him and i can't put him any less than number one yeah i i wouldn't feel i wouldn't feel right putting him anywhere else you said it all he he has built up all of all the proper relationships you need and it helps that he can go in and pretty much win any competition he wants, it seems like. Yeah. Which is scary. I think he's going to be around for a long time. And I just can't think of many people besides, like, Paul. And I always kind of talk more about recent, more recent seasons. Yeah. Who just seems to always say the right thing. Like, I didn't even really think of it on that level of what you were saying about when Caitlin asked him to swear on his father's grave where he said, I would never, and how that can basically be read in two ways. Yeah, was that intentional or not? Who knows? But it worked out I, well. I think it probably was because that's like the – there is one answer there that is perfect, and that is the answer. Exactly. Well, to shock the world, my number one is Brett. And it's basically just I think he went on a big win streak here, and it's good TV. It's so good TV. He's your MVP, really. He He's playing an offensive game right now, and he's offending Rockstar – and he doesn't get himself into fights he doesn't think he can win. Rockstar thinks guys like him always win. Well, no, but he's going to win against Rockstar. <laughs> he, you know what? I like how he approaches things, too, where he doesn't lash out. He's just like, just own it, bro. He, bro. 
He's a pretty good actor. Yeah. Really. He, well, I mean, he's totally a spy. Cool. Or he defends against spies. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and oh, and I think you said earlier in the episode, why would he have brought in Rockstar instead of just going against Caitlyn? Because why not bring two of the most emotional house guests into it, affect their games when you're not worried about either one of them? And then there's an extra target. Exactly. There's an extra target. And when push comes to shove, are you afraid of anything they're going to do to you? No. I like it. So now let's segue into our first ever between a rock star and a hard place. The segment where we basically do the opposite of what we do and whose house is it anyway and discuss who's at the bottom of the house and has at least from our viewpoint as viewers of the show at this point doesn't seem to have much of a chance of winning. Yeah, so this doesn't have the same exact logic as um, the power rankings or whose house is it anyway. Because we're not just going to go with, at the moment, who's in the worst spot. Because that's always going to be the people on the block. Correct. This is just this is actually projecting out. That's this. what uh, Sunday Scares is for. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, uh, <laughs> Owen, you want to start? Well, I know Rockstar is the namesake. But I'm going to go with Haley. And I'm actually adding Bailey to this list. Ooh, the Lees. An audible here, mid-episode. They are really in the same spot where we kind of went over it. They're just floaters. They get along with people, but there's also people in the house they seemingly interact with none at all. And they're not making any real attempt to make a game move. There's not much more to say beyond that. I think that's a really good point. I'm going to talk about Haley more when we get into Sunday Scaries, but Bailey's an interesting pick as well. Yeah, and, and the other thing, I, I, I don't know if you touched I think you just touched on it, but... I just don't really see them winning any competitions anytime soon. Exactly. I could see, well, not the ones maybe. Yeah, I was gonna say I could see them winning like a puzzle or something. I'd give I'd give Bailey the advantage over Haley in that. Yeah, she showed well in that one of those first competitions where they were putting the balls in the yeah two. when she was teaming with she Tyler. She did pretty well there. Yeah. So yeah, it's not that they can't. It's just right now there hasn't been a ton to show. And there's too many people who are just like leaps and bounds better than like most of the Correct. other people in the house. Um, so I am going to go with Rockstar <laughs> for the namesake. Like it wouldn't said. feel right if yeah. we didn't have her. Um, which kind of sucks because I like. I mean, I like Rockstar, and coming into this week, I thought that she was playing an okay game, but I just think she made a really bad move by a. She just let Brett get to her too much, and in Big Brother, you've got to do what Brett did and basically just not show any emotion. It's so important to not paint a target on yourself and people get annoyed and people get angry with you from seeing you constantly blowing up or whatever. That just makes you an easy target. And Brett basically said that in the diary room that he, you know, like you said, did create another target on her because she's annoying people. And that even kind of connects to when we talk about the crap app, how the crap app just annoys people. Yeah. Um, so I think she took a massive step back this week to the point that Absolutely. I I don't think she can return from it, honestly. Even in future seasons, I want this segment to be named this. Just to remember. Oh, I totally agree. It should. <laughs> it's it's perfect. It, with her uh, little rock wall showing yeah. last week. Yeah. I, I think that's good. Does, does JC stat. get royalties on this uh, segment name, though? Because he technically came up oh, with it. Yeah. Okay, I knew I heard it somewhere, so there you go. Um, yeah. I didn't know if it was one of you guys or uh, hat or tip show. JC. Yeah, hat tip JC. Well, speaking of, 
Uh, I think uh, this week for Between a Rockstar and a Hard Place, I have JC. Uh, so, Brendan, I know you're big on that he's making a move this week. And he, he is trying to play by sort of getting Fessy riled up, and that will somehow curry favor with him. Um, and I think that's fine. He's playing. But ultimately, I don't think he is going to be a threat in this game. In terms of competitions, I don't think he's unathletic, but this would have been the competition for him to win. We know that more compact contestants have a an advantage in this. Um, and I, he hasn't really performed all that well in the like the mental comps or anything like that yet. So we haven't seen much comp uh, acumen yet. And while he may be kind of cool with everyone, just kind of whatever, we see every year we see these types of people who don't end up in a real alliance and it just comes, it might come down to final three even, but usually around seven, five, whatever it is, like the, this player is expendable and he's one of those guys. I think a good way to look at it is if Steve was still in the house, he's in the exact same position as JC. He I gets agree. along with everyone, but he's yeah. not doing anything. I don't know, though. In today's Big Brother, it seems like sometimes these people win, or at least go to win second place. Yeah, I mean, other than... Well, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Josh won last year, and I would have been saying the exact same thing about him right. this week last year. So what, what do I know? Because Josh won last year, someone like JC cannot win this year. It, it ebbs and flows, and then eventually comes a season, a a floater wins. Short memory wall here. There was the one season where Andy and Gina Marie were, were the finale two people. Okay. That's just egregious. They were the worst floaters Especially in the game. Especially Gina Marie, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and Andy won it, if I remember correctly. Yeah, no, he did. I, and he... if. And maybe we're totally wrong here. He positioned himself correctly, but both of those two, it was amazing that they made it that far. And then four years later, Josh wins, and it's kind of the same case. But And Celebrity really, Big Brother. And Celebrity Big Brother. Nah, but Marissa was fine. Well, she, she fine. had a social Ross game. was just better. Yeah, but Ross was the one who should have won. Well, similar thing to, to Andy. He posi- She positioned herself correctly and ended up in well, the final two. And it paid off. I will say, I give credit to the floaters who make it to final two. I just think you should come in second. You should win some money. Yeah. But I just don't think you should win. I think in the end, the best player should win. Yeah. The Steve and Dan Geesling. There's Ian another and one. Dan Geesling. Ian and Steve easily mixing up. Who did Steve beat? Steve, I can't remember for the life of me. Are you talking about Steve the nerd? Yeah. From Fredonia. Steve beat one of the twins. Right. Oh, God. I can't remember which one. I think it was... Liz. Yeah, well, it was kind of surprising that both of them made them there. Oh my god, Steve, thank you. I needed the money. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I would say that pretty much wraps up Between a Rockstar and a Hard Place. So, we want to close out our Tuesday episode with the Sunday scary segment. <laughs> I think you guys it get makes this sense. at this point. It's the Sunday <laughs> right. episode. No, I, I just think it's funny. Um, where we basically just discuss who we think should be afraid. I'm going to get right into it because mine's pretty simple with Haley. And the reason I say that is because I think that there is a strong possibility that somehow Caitlyn basically like campaigns on the Fauté side and uses her Jedi mind tricks to, you know, 
get people not to vote her out like Fessy and stuff like that or get someone like Fessy to compete for her in the POV and win it for her and get her off. And then I think Haley would go and I don't think Haley would have a good chance of winning the comp that we assume is going to take place after eviction, in which case she's just gone. So I think she should be really concerned because I just don't think she has the ability to campaign in the way that Caitlyn maybe could. Because even though Caitlyn is an aggressive player who can rub people the wrong way, her aggression, we've seen it, can have an like an impact on people's decisions in her favor. So I just think she's not going to go out without a fight, whereas Haley, I don't know. Yeah. It, J- Caitlyn's force of will is it's one of those things where it's like, okay, yeah, just just shut up. Like I, I'll do what you want. Just yeah. stop talking to me. It's it's that type of thing. And ultimately, I think Haley's best ally in the house is Caitlyn. Mm-hmm. And if she's not there to fight for you and she's campaigning for herself, it's the same thing that happened to our uh, departed Suds bud. And it and it could be interesting where like someone like Tyler doesn't want to show his hand. I don't know. I mean, like it, it'll be weird. I don't. But I just it's think Haley should weird. be really worried because she doesn't. I don't think she wants things to be weird in this case. I think the person who should be most worried, and I'm not even really considering anyone else right now, is Caitlin. Because the main thing I want to know from the live feeds is how many times do people just go into that little room that's like next to the bathroom and be like, oh my god, Caitlin is driving me nuts. Like, I would probably be saying that every day if I was in that house. And if you get a chance to just get her away from you, I think you got to take it. <laughs> it's funny because with Swaggy, I was saying, you know, I understand how he'd be annoying. Great reality TV. Want him around forever. Caitlin, I, I can't even see him watching her, no matter how good the TV is. Well, it always comes back to, like we said, that she's mean. Yeah, that's, it, she's not. she doesn't endear herself to anybody. Yeah, that's the extra level. She's mean and, like, very clearly narcissistic. 10% go F yourself. <laughs> oh, God. Um... So, I was thinking about this one in terms of having a third, because we like to mix it up. Um, it might seem obvious to maybe have like a backdoor candidate, and I think that would be Rockstar this week. But that's not where I'm going to go. Um, I'm actually going to build a little bit of projection into this. And I don't think this person will be smart enough to be scared this Sunday night. But I think Sam should be worried. Uh, not this week, obviously. Nothing can happen over this week. I really think she made some poor moves tonight. Mm-hmm. She so let's let's just start at the top. One, she has shown that she is a competitive uh, person and, and will be a threat in an HOH where she knows that she can't ultimately guarantee to have done what she wants. So take that for you. Well, it, it's ultimately probably good that she won, but in the long run it might not prove to be that great for that reason two you go to her hoh ceremony which was i mean it was was bs it it was stupid it ultimately probably ended up being a moot point because we saw later in the episode that people were up there maybe that was editing and that happened before somehow i but i don't think so so i was wondering why she would be sitting down in the have not room at that moment while everyone else was up there in the hoh room so maybe a little disconnect there, or maybe, like I said, it's a moot point. You know what? Up, up there. It was because Julie Chen mentioned that this would happen during the live episode, which would have been before Sam won HOH. Okay. So 
So you're right. Yeah, I guess so. So uh, there's that. Why why make your why make enemies? It's just silly. She already had a tenuous place in the house in that she's not uh, like officially aligned with a big alliance. She's an easy target. Yes, and even though it seems like her and Tyler have had a friendship and a pseudo alliance the whole time. He didn't necessarily feel completely safe when he dropped off that wall. And that says everything. My, I wanted to see if you would make that point, but I need to tweak it here. I think he felt completely safe, but she was blowing it by being so aggressive about it, basically revealing that they kind of work together. True. He was trying to be like, oh, but, but am I safe? And it's like, Tyler he knows again. that, but he was trying to put up an act and she wasn't at all. He's always on. He's always thinking. Yeah. And then the one last part that I was thinking about this, while she's upstairs, you know, just rocking, she's got some awesome dance moves with her, you know, sunglasses and headphones on. She's missing what's happening in the house this week, and not to say there's going to be some sort of coup or something like that, but I don't think anyone's going to be talking positively about her. She is not building any relationships that are going to help advance her game, and I just I don't think she made the most of this. And at the end of it the person she wants out might just be coming back. The way Sam was rocking out in her PJs, more like sock star. Am I right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, We're taking hostings from you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a lot of great points, and that ultimately wraps up episode seven of Podcast of Vito, a Big Brother podcast. Again, as always, we are so thankful to have you here listening in on our Big Brother conversations. Please rate, review, and subscribe. And we will see you again on Friday. Have a great week. See ya.